to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mr. FPL Champion Chuck Bailey and Super Producer Ian Stimson. How do, lads? How do? Ian, Ian got a soundboard. I'm so excited. He, he felt he wasn't earning the super, so he's <laughs> upped his game and just told us about five minutes ago, oh, I've uploaded everything onto a soundboard so I can just drop shit in live. And what's funny is we did it for the first time with the intro, so we heard it. And then even though you've now done it, Oscar, 109 times or whatever it is, you came in late. It still came in late, I felt, yeah. <laughs> did I? Oh, man. I'm not used to doing it, obviously, with the song in real time. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how the podcast goes. We'll see how quickly Ian can be on that bleeps button with, uh, with Chuck I'm going not, at it. I'm not live bleeping, Chuck. That's not happening. I don't know. Let's give it a test run. <laughs> No, I haven't got a bleep. No one expects you to say it. That's outrageous. <laughs> He's not bleeping it at all. Chuck, you give it a try. Let's see if you get a bleep. I haven't got the light. I've deleted it because it sounded like a bad microwave. So I've just <laughs> not on there anymore. <laughs> well, I just said a bunch of times for no reason then. That's like my allotment for the entire season. Well, now I've got to, now I've got to edit. <laughs> anyway. Well, you should, have, you should have had that bleep hot button ready to go. <laughs> Put this out on a five second delay so that you have plenty of time to... <laughs> This isn't live. I mean, it's literally not. It's not live. <laughs> I mean, it is live to us. It's happening right now. <laughs> wow. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. That's going to be all I press. Yeah, there, we go. there we go. It's becoming very apparent you haven't put a lot of jingles in, but never mind. We havenven't got many. I thought we had more than we have. <laughs> yes, yeah, so listeners, submit us some good jingles to put for Ian's soundboard. I've submitted a couple of times. so many jingles. Yeah, you, you have actually. Yeah, where's my button? With all my Bo Jingles. <laughs> Mr. Bo Jingles, I really. <laughs> but you, I, I like the fact that you mix up the jingles every week for things like the Predictor League. I, I so spent I wouldn't wanna, hours <laughs> writing those. I thought they would have at least been committed to your soundboard. Well, I wouldn't want to standardise them. I want a new one every week. You know? Anyway, enough of this amusing banter. <laughs> yes, very good banter enough of over. that, I suppose. <laughs> um, so thank you for joining us. If you are joining us for the very first time, welcome. We are happy to have you. We are two Brits and an American who talk about the Premier League sometimes, sort of. Uh, if you are back, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. Go ahead and tell a friend. Give us a review. In fact, you know what? I'll pause for five seconds right here. You guys can open up your apps and give us five stars. Five stars. Ooh, five st- new tweeter. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I found the Chuck Jingle. Yay. Ah, <laughs> oh, excellent. And we will kick things off as we always do with our famous segment. <clears throat> Ian, get that button ready. Rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Oh, now who's late yeah. with the buttons, huh? <laughs> <laughs> There's a natural delay between us. It will, it will edit together lovely. Chuck, don't put your head in your hands. This is, this is progress. <laughs> That's true. It definitely is. Oh, our top story this evening. Leading footballers such as Gareth Bale and Zlatan Ibrahimovic are consulting their lawyers about the use of their names and images in video games. AC Milan striker Ibrahimovic claimed on social media that EA Sports' FIFA games were making profit on my name and face without any agreement all these years. Bale on Lone Tottenham joined in using the hashtag time to investigate. Was Zlatan ever on the cover of the game? Because he claimed he didn't even know his likeness was in it. Like... You have to go to motion capture sessions 
and have your faces <laughs> filled. It's almost like this is just motivated by agents who aren't happy that they're about to get regulated out of the game. Oh, awkward. I don't know, man. I could definitely believe that Zlatan didn't realize that he was in a video game other than his own terrible app video game that he pushes all the time on his social media. Oh, does he? Has he got his own thing? Yeah, I don't know. It looks like a phone game and, and the animation quality is very low. <laughs> okay, so that's Maybe he's what, just that's jealous. He's like, well, I need, you know, I need 4K high resolution frames of myself. <laughs> that's where he wants to get yeah. in on the action. He doesn't need 4K as he gets older. None of us do. <laughs> you certainly don't. <laughs> no, I know. I'm gradually bringing the resolution down on this call just so as you don't have to see my horrible craggy face. Wow. <laughs> you look great with that beard. You look very nice, I gotta say. Hides a multitude of things. Stayed longer than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Who, Ian or the beard? Both. Yeah. <laughs> Both, frankly. Still alive. Don't drive him away, Chuck. Don't drive him away. He doesn't know that he's better than us yet. Does he? He might. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Our next story. Preston defender Darnell Fisher has been charged by the FA over a grabbing incident. Uh, he has been charged with improper conduct by the FA after appearing to grab the genitals of Sheffield Wednesday's Callum Peterson. Camera footage showed him touching him twice in the groin area. Um, and it was not seen at the time by the match officials. Yeah, I don't get why, why they said he appears to. Like, he yeah. clearly goes in once and then walks back a bit and then goes, no, you know what? Like, there's, there's cuppage there. Yeah, definitely. There's l- measuring, I think. Yeah, it's like he went to the tailor to get his pants measured. <laughs> right? That's what the tailor does? Joey and friends, get yeah. your pants measured. Is that, guys? <laughs> We're not beyond rehashing old friends bits, but fuck it. <laughs> we're not beyond anything on this show Ian no true Um, you know we joke about it a little bit but that's very clearly not okay like whether in a soccer context or otherwise like don't grab people's genitals right sexual assault not a good thing yeah I mean we are getting to a point finally where this sort of thing isn't okay in sport I think rugby had a similar incident uh, recently in this country and uh, when you watch it it's uncomfortable It's, it's odd it shouldn't happen I genuinely think this guy shouldn't be allowed to play soccer, like maybe ever again. Like this is like not just the soccer thing; it's like a fucking problem. Like he deserves legal charges against him. It's it's like not at all okay. It and it to me, it's significantly worse than even like the biting incidents of Suarez, which are also like physical assault on some level. But like the nature of this is just so. Yeah, it's weird that people don't generally see that sort of on the same level, do they? I don't know. Is it because it's male on male? I don't know. Or is that... But yeah, it is, it, you're right. It's strange that it's not seen on the same level as a physical assault like Suarez was. Well, at least Suarez was only biting on the shoulder, though, I guess. Oh, God. Imagine if you bit someone on the dick. That is that is what I was implying. Very good. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's part of the game. Oh, we just want our game back. Oh, we just want to grab each other's dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Game's gone, mate. Yeah. Game's gone. Game's gone. <laughs> All right, well, moving on, our next story. Um, gentlemen, some good news, question mark. Potentially, probably bad news, but a maximum of 4,000 fans will be allowed at outdoor events in the lowest risk areas when the four-week lockdown in England ends on December 2nd. Up to 2,000 people will be allowed in Tier 2 areas and none in Tier 3. Um, indoor venues are also going to be allowed to have a maximum of, of 1,000 spectators with capacity across them limited to... 50 percent i don't know about you guys obviously i'm not on the ground over there but that seems like a really fucking terrible idea to me 
I don't understand how we went from peaking to 4,000 people allowed in stadiums within two weeks. Also, we were supposed to be coming out of this lockdown into a toughened up tier thing. So to get us ready for Christmas, where they've now announced that we're sort of having five days of relaxed rules so as people can mix at Christmas. Yeah, five days where four households can mix and you can mix with other households as long as you don't mix with the other households at the same time. Effectively, there's loads of convoluted ways of just saying for three days you can do what the fuck you want, but you just can't go to a restaurant. Well, because COVID's going to be visiting its family for the holidays, so it's not even going to be around, right? It's it's totally safe. It's not a problem. Well, no, because... Has anyone seen COVID and Father Christmas at the same time? No, they haven't. You know, COVID needs to be good for a little bit so it gets presents. Good point. <laughs> Doesn't want to be on the naughty list, you know? Yeah. Uh, pretty sure it's on the naughty list. Because he's got a lot to make up for. Long gun. Long gun. Um, jokes aside, do you guys on any level see yourselves like trying to go catch a match or like anything, anything even remotely along those lines. I think it's the kind of thing that it will be all the people that have been paying and not been refunded their season tickets for the last three and a half months or however they've got it, they'll get priority and it will probably just be raffle for games. But I wouldn't attempt to go anyway just because, I mean, it's a bit like going on public transport to most of the places where the games are and mixing. Weird rules they're saying, putting like, oh, you can't shout, you can't uh, sing, you're not allowed alcohol. Not a problem at Peterborough, not singing. Yep. <laughs> but that's but it's mad and it's also kind of the same rules as I remember when they started and they said footballers would be booked if they spat or if they shouted and funnily enough you watch games and they just spit and shout constantly. So I don't see how you can police, especially if it is meant to be completely socially distanced, and you are, let's say, in Old Trafford, which seats uh I don't know, seventy something thousand, question mark. And there's four four thousand people in there. Like you can have like six meters to yourself. Like you're fine. Yeah, that I guess the bigger stadiums, like I could potentially see them spreading four thousand people out, like one per section. You know, basically, like. But they're not going to be that smart. I don't think. To me, it's like we as humans, and especially Americans, have very clearly shown the inability to be responsible on a personal level. The overwhelming majority of them, and so it falls to like governments and institutions mm. to be like hey you idiots we're not going to let you do the stupid things that you're going to want to do because you can't handle that much responsibility yeah that that works when our respective governments haven't been telling everyone for the past three years not to listen to experts so you know <laughs> not to dangerously veer into the political again but that's very much i think as you said uh, last week that pandora has very much not just opened the box but the box is fucking smashed done a shit in it and then smashed it up <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Who do you think, team-wise, is the happiest about this, and who cares the least? I'll answer the second one, actually. Man City, nothing's going to change because they never have fans in their stadium anyway. Hey-oh! But um, do you think that this is going to make a big difference, especially, like, let's say, Ian, further down the the tiers, right, where they really rely on that match day revenue? Is this going to be a game-changer? It certainly could be. I mean, for for Peterborough, probably get... I don't know, 7,000 on an average match day. So 4,000 is something, you know, and the capacity of the ground is about 14. So, the, you know, 4,000 4, is definitely something. It could really help uh, revenue-wise. I mean, whether that means it's wise, I don't know. I think a lot of the country is going to be, more of the country anyway, I think is going to be in Tier 2 and 3 than um, it was before. So it's going to be tight. It's then going to be the complaints you get because some teams will be allowed and some teams won't. And based on 
what we've seen previous to lockdown, it may be interesting. A lot of the teams that are in the northwest and the northeast, they won't be. They'll probably be put into tier three. Yeah. Uh, all the London teams are likely looking to be into tier two. We find out on, I mean, in two days as we record now, as in which sections of the Do country. Go I didn't. Okay, I didn't know that. Right. Yeah, they're they're due to announce it on Thursday, which means it will probably come out on Sunday. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I'm assuming it's only home fans. It must um, be, yeah, They won't surely. be encouraging yeah. people to travel. And, yeah, I think it will make an impact for teams such as Burnley and Sheffield United and teams that are lower down, I think, and and can potentially help with turning round of form, etc. But, I mean, it's, it's very much, a, you know, I could say anything in any direction right now to think and try and justify it with anything. But I, th- I think it's it's a step. The thing, The thing is as well that... For lower league fans like myself, the, I've been down to watching on the EFL's iFollow platform, which has been so badly done. As like, So we talked about before about how they're charging £10 a match and the original reaction to that, certainly from Oscar, was that's ridiculous. But then when you sort of break it down, you're like, well, it, it would cost me £25 just for me to go and see Posh anyway. You know, £10 a game to see him on, on telly and to sort of at least think that I'm keep helping keep my club going, you know, was a good thing. But it fucking fails so often. And the EFL have tried to blame the uh, third-party provider that do it to do the server stuff for them and everything every week. But it's like, if you're going to charge £10, £10 a match, you better make sure it works. It's been absolutely shocking. I've resorted mm. now to just buying the uh, audio pass and just listening to the audio commentary because at least that's a bit more stable. So I just listen to it um, like like I'm listening to it on the radio, basically. But Reminds you of your youth me. in it's, the pre-war days, just sitting yeah, around been, the radio yeah, with the family? Put the wireless on, yeah. <laughs> it's been nice. But um, that's been the only way that I feel like I could sort of support the club financially uh, because nothing else has been working. So it's, it's sort of, when you're a Premier League fan, it's quite easy to go oh well you know we you we shouldn't be opening up the clubs blah 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 but when the alternative has been so poor it it will be nice for some of these lower clubs to get some people in the problem is when you get to like clubs that um will be letting in 50 percent of their capacity that's mental like you know how tight it is on you know in the stands you're you're on top of each other you know if it's going to be fifty mm. percent, that's cr- that's insane. Like I know, I know Peterborough. It's really sort of tight when you're sat down. If if it's only, you know, two people are sat and the two seat distance, well, that ain't going to be even a meter. Do you know what I mean? If fifty yeah. percent is a terrible idea, in my opinion, but it it will be nice for the lower leagues to get some fans back in. But yeah, I don't agree with fifty percent at all. I mean, the idea of like every other seat having a person fifty percent is so much. There's no way. There's like no way to safely distance with 50. I don't think I don't think any of this is a good idea, but I definitely like in a 70,000 stadium with 4,000 people like I can see that being somewhat feasible if a bad idea. Even but then the teams with the biggest stadiums are the ones that need it the least. So it just it's insane. It just seems insane to me, so. Mm. There'll be ways around it to maximize the space because obviously you you'll have people where it's like a family of four that always go together or, or something like that. Like it's not yeah. it's not exactly going to be alternate seats the whole way around no, no, the stadium. Course. It'll be people in bubbles, etc. but Yeah, and on Boxing Day you're allowed to have three families of four sitting together and then one of them can move to a different family group. 
a stable pod and then but as long as they don't go to one that the other one went to i think right is that how it- as, they, as long as they listen to our stable pod i don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> might not be that stable this week i've introduced new technology i've no idea if it's going to be stable yeah this episode might never come out who knows <laughs> see ian's actually not recording at all <laughs> Yeah, I've got my backup going, don't worry. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Uh, and our last story then, Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola was, quote, not close at all to leaving the Premier League club Manchester City, says BBC Radio 5 Live's Guillaume Balag. City announced on Thursday that the Spaniard had signed a two-year contract extension through 2023. The club has won six major honors since the ex-Barcelona and Bayern Munich coach took over in 2016. There were offers from Juve, PSG, and others, but he's happy in Manchester. Yeah, doesn't look it. <laughs> doesn't look it, and that he signed an extension is really weird to me. Like, he's doubling down mm. on staying for the next, like, three years. I guess he's looking to do have a project, like a genuine rebuilding project, like he's never had before. Yeah, or a bigger payoff. They've been <laughs> him this year. <laughs> you think they would ever fire him? Like, genuinely? Yeah, I think anything is possible yeah. these days, to be honest. That's interesting, because I... I did not think that was the case, that Pep was always going to stay. But um, Guillaume Balaguer, he is usually on the money. Like I went through a period of whenever he sort of mentioned a, a transfer rumour or, or said said that something was going to go through on Twitter, I used to bet on it because he was always on the money. Like He's pretty trustworthy. Mm. So that's, an, that's an interesting wayward one. in the last few years. He's no Fabrizio Romano, I'll tell you that right oh, now. Oh, is that the gold standard? He's the he's the here we go man. He's he's great. Yeah, he's usually the worst. Or uh, David Ornstein, that guy. I like that yeah. guy. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's not the maybe he's not the gold standard he once was then. But uh, yeah, I did I did think Pep was on his way out. So who knows? We've said it enough times that we thought like yeah. he'd go to PSG or like a, just a different league where he could just not have to put in any effort again. But cool, and the effort needs to be put in. Fucking oh, it's boring. Fucking hell. It's gen- <laughs> genuinely like. I mean, I know Palace just lost 1-0 to Burnley and you get fucked if you think we're talking about that this week. <laughs> um, but before it, before that game, Man C- in the same number of games, Man City had scored two less goals than Palace this year and and conceded one less goal. Like over eight games. Like that's a that's a a, a chunk of, a, of, a, of results where you're like, really? Really? Like Manchester City... Over, even over just one game, any one game week in any season, Man City should not be scoring less than Palace. <laughs> even just for that one week. Just automatic relegation if you score less goals than Palace did. <laughs> yes! So, you got the four-goal rule. Once you get to four goals, you win. Uh, if you score less goals than Palace. So, effectively, if Palace win against you any week, you're relegated. <laughs> I would love to keep an alternative table. And uh, pyramid, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> what would happen if we did our rules? Who gets promoted in that situation, then? If you lose the Palace, you get promoted. If you beat... Stoke. If you Stoke. Beat Stoke, okay. If you beat Stoke, you're yeah. automatically promoted. There you go. I don't know. You know that, that seems to be the standard of can they do it on a windy, wet night. If you beat Stoke on a windy Tuesday night, specifically, yeah. <laughs> specifically, love it because you can do it. 
You can do it. There you go. That's there the age-old argument. That's the that's the most hostile situation you could ever be in as a professional sportsman. I mean, it was it's so well bad known. that even Lionel Messi didn't come to the Premier Fucking League. Fucking Stoke players could do it. <laughs> <laughs> they played for Stoke. They could do it. Is Fuck this time it. for the compulsory mention that you know one corner of the stadium is open, so it's, it is very windy. You always have to mention that whenever you talk about the Britannia. Very, yeah, very absolutely. Windy, very windy. Only, only affects one team, of course. Yeah. <laughs> wind. Wind. Famously bias. <laughs> Game's gone, mate. Too much wind. Yeah. <laughs> or Too not enough wind. wind. What not would they wind. like? They would yeah. like more wind, right? <laughs> yeah, more wind, more hail, and no shin pads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, as Chuck rightly mentioned, we don't actually want to talk about all of the fixtures this week. We've been doing that all season long, but we're getting further into the season that we don't necessarily have to talk about like Leeds Arsenal 0-0 and Arsenal not scoring in 20 matches or whatever, right? Like Can we can can we talk about how everyone's still sucking off Leeds when they've lost like four games in a row? Where they're like, oh well, they're still good, like Norwich stuck to their guns like this, and look what happened to Norwich. And now everyone's fucking wanking off Leeds because they're like, oh, Bielsa is such a tactical genius. You got battered 4-1 by Palace, mate. Have a word with yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> then you then you drew nil-nil with 10-man Arsenal. Have a fucking word. <laughs> wow. Okay. True, yeah. isn't it? Coming in hot. Leeds are just sorting this table quickly. 12th for expected points per 90. They are, shit, 2019, 17th for expected goals allowed per 90. That's not good. And eighth for expected goals per 90. So that's actually not that bad, but the expected goals allowed being basically relegation level is no good. And we've been talking, all other people have been talking about their finishing, but I think Match of the Day 2 had a thing saying they were second in the league for shots, just shots, not necessarily mm. sorting it by on target or in the box, just shots. But if they're only eighth for expected goals, then those aren't necessarily shots in good positions yeah Patrick Bamford's within one goal of underperforming again oh, like, and oh he's just, so close everything is just normal again with the world <laughs> oh. we can just get off this crazy roller coaster <laughs> I'm the, the model the FPL model was like screaming at me to get him in because and I was like no model please I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> but we did, and we brought him in for Calvert-Lewin, which was like the worst week to be able to do that. I know, Chuck's making a face, I know, but that's how much he's been putting up points so far this season. The model was like, this Bamford guy is cheap and great. I'm like, he's not, no. <laughs> I wish I could edit, but like, that's the point of the numbers is that I don't get to introduce my bias, right? Yeah. This is like, now Now Finley's getting to like 10 years old. This is like me, I'm arguing with my own creation. It's, it's, it's happening all the time now. It's Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, you have a child, I have a stats model. Who's the real monster? <laughs> well, quite. Look at Oscar's hair. I think we all know that. Oh, wow. Okay, we're going there today? <laughs> You're just jealous, man. You're just jealous. Ian coming in with the hair digs. It is getting extremely large. It's effectively a second head on top of your head. It bro. weighs a lot. Like, I get a headache sometimes because it's so fucking heavy. And I, I went outside today. It was like 30 degrees, which is zero-ish for Cold. you guys. Yeah. And um, I tried to put on a winter hat and it would not go on my head. Of course head. it wouldn't. It's like, boop. And it just looked like I was trying to put a condom on my head. And it would just roll up again. It was just, yeah, my hair is getting pretty long. Um, yeah. So I said we're not going to talk about Leeds. We proceeded to talk about Leeds for 10 minutes of all the teams that we could have spent. <laughs> um, but we're going to try to focus on the title race because the title race is really heating up. 
Um, there are, at this point, I think it would be most fair to say four teams. Two that were preseason favorites and two that are slightly unexpected, unless you were me at the beginning of the season. So we'll start off with the first fixture of the weekend, and very briefly, because there's not really at this point many new things to say about them, but Newcastle 0, Chelsea 2, Newcastle 0.4 to Chelsea's 1.8 on XG, so an exactly indicative scoreline. Plus an OG, so actually underperforming, technically. You're Arsenal. We are, that's... I'm going to go ahead and blow right past that. <laughs> Ian, any takes on this match? I'm going to throw to Ian. <laughs> any takes on this match? So, uh, no, other than Newcastle continue to do Newcastle things and Chelsea continue to do new Chelsea things. New Chelsea. New Chelsea things, yeah. New Chelsea and Old Castle. <laughs> <laughs> old Castle. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I think uh, there's something... Uh, Something happening at Chelsea. You, again, didn't look like conceding at any mm. point, really. It was, it was a, again, a decent decent defensive it's Newcastle. It's Newcastle. It is Newcastle, but, so that's fair. And I will say, and it's what I said before this run of games, and Oscar said, is that you had three games that you look at and you're like, right, need to win, need to win well and keep clean sheets. You know, conceded one goal against Sheffield United, fine, but score three goals... Two clean sheets, three goals each game. Sorry, and uh, on average, and yeah, clean sheets. Like that's that's good. That's exactly what that's what you need to see for Chelsea. And that was like the start of the next step. Is you win those games, you keep clean sheets, get business done. Absolutely, you said three goals per game, and that's exactly right. In Chelsea's last six matches, they've scored eighteen goals and conceded two. So it's, that's exactly the rate that they're at. Um, we haven't lost a match. We've lost one match all year. And that was against Liverpool down to 10 men. Besides that, we have not lost. We have mm. a few draws. Um, and in those two months, because that was on September 20 against Liverpool, we have not conceded more than 0.7 XG in mm. two months. Was there some sort of personnel change that led to... <laughs> yes, there the was. The XG numbers actually correlating to <laughs> what happened in the game. Well, that's the beautiful thing, right? It's not just that Kepa's not there, so we're... Captain minus one. Yeah, catching up to our <laughs> XG. Our XG numbers have actually gotten significantly lower. XGA numbers, I should say. Um, and it's what I think it's what you said. I think it's just like having Mendy at the back puts all the other defensive players with the confidence that he will do the things that he's supposed to do and so they can focus on just doing their job. And mm -hmm. so it really is across the line. And I was worried against Newcastle because Silva wasn't there. And he's kind of been like our player of the season so far low-key because he like has organized the defense and looked fantastic. Um, but despite that, like they still looked very comfortable. And yes, again, it's only Newcastle, but it's been two months of saying it's only this, it's only that. And we're fucking like destroying teams. And to take it to the bigger picture, um, I guess I'll give you guys a chance to chime in here. How are you feeling about Chelsea's like title chances? I think obviously Liverpool are still the best team, that would be fair to say, but have you reevaluated or reset your expectations of Chelsea? Um, no, because I think I think overall, regardless of your obviously influence and and our kind of inadvertent bias towards Chelsea, as it were. Um, we, you know, we were all fairly positive about them with the signings that were made and it was just about, you know, there's a lot of promise there but it's how those things get achieved and, and do they come into practice. We said at the very start is that Lampard is inexperienced and does it look like he can um, not just have every game go 
which at the very start of the season, it was still very shaky. Um, a still a bit up or down. And then it's kind of gradually started to solidify a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, you know, you, you win the the league by winning every game. You know, you could win every game 1-0 and it'd be an absolute stinker. You know what I mean? And it's just about how you eke out those wings and getting that experience of knowing how to set up the team in those situations. So it's it's really good progress and promising. I would say that the problem is, is kind of alongside of that, you have Tottenham who are playing in a very similar way to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, like, you know, obviously I don't have the expected numbers, but you look at the actual, you know, it's 21 goals scored versus 22, nine goals conceded versus 10 goals conceded, 18 points and 20 points. Like, that's pretty much what they're achieving is the same. But obviously, Mourinho is a hell of a lot further down the line in terms of experience of knowing how to shithouse wins and get those one nils. And that, you know what I mean? That Lampard is just kind of starting to find his feet with. Yeah. And that's why I find it, I think it's quite interesting that it's kind of a fucking master and apprentice situation potentially going on with the two of them and kind of seeing potentially how the way Jose is, and with them matching up now this week as well, um, how that influence plays into what what Frank does from here. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. I think the sort of added advantage that Tottenham may have had other than Mourinho having more experience is also their players knowing each other much, much better, right? Because that core of that squad has been together for years now. And so it was just a matter of Jose coming in and like rearranging the pieces to get the most out of them, whereas Frank was like integrating half of a new squad, right? And, And... the thing that's been most surprising to me is the fact that it hasn't even been the attack that's leading this charge as much as it's been the defense. Now, I say that um, with Chelsea having scored the most goals in the league. So, like, you know, the attack is doing things, right? But, like, by expected goals, and expe- actually expected goals per 90 because some teams have played less matches, Chelsea are only sixth. So expected goals, like... I wouldn't have bet that Chelsea would be sixth in expected goals and then like first or second on expected goals allowed. Like I definitely wouldn't didn't think, think that it was going to be, be the, the other way around. Yeah, I was thinking they were we were going to like run riot on this league and then have a lot of four threes. And it is kind of where it started, but it has shifted to like a fucking composed team that does not ever look bothered by by other people. Mm. And I'm a lot quicker than I than I would have thought to be yeah, honest as absolutely. well. A lot quicker. Yeah, the, the recent fixtures do help that. And do skew and, and allow those things to set up, which means that you can, you know, he can set up his teams in a different way and try to play even more defensively than he would. It gives you that opportunity when you're playing against teams that don't score or don't win. Yeah, although at the same time, four of those matches in the last two months have been Champions League matches, which are not mm. easy, right? Especially when you don't know the opponents, you're traveling, you're jet lagged, you're obviously the quality of opponent is great. But that's exactly it. It makes it even more impressive when you can retain that focus to be able to do exactly what you need to do to beat those teams. That's why what I'm actually saying is it's that's, you know, you bring that up as it's kind of a, you've got those games as well. But to me, that makes it even more impressive that it's almost a war on two fronts because they have to play two completely different ways in knockout football and as well against teams that are in the bottom of the league, in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this Tottenham match is going to be a great this is great timing for it because both teams. Oh, it's gonna be are fucking nil nil. It's gonna be fucking nil nil. <laughs> it's a Marina special the coming up. Again. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did do the double on him twice last year. It's the first time I, I said this a lot, but it's the first time any manager has ever done a league double over Jose Mourinho is Frank Lampard. He's the only person ever to do it, and this was last year with like the squad that we had last year and the the like transfer and all that sort of stuff. So like, 
going in up against them now when we're red hot, but they're also much better than they were last year and also red hot, I think is like such a good measuring stick because we've been saying for weeks now, oh, it's only this. It's only Newcastle. It's only, you know, whoever else we've played in that time. But like if we do it against Tottenham, then it's not just only against Tottenham. It's now against like one of the best teams in the league, right? Honestly, we're including City in the title race teams, but the numbers have it as a three-horse race, not a four-horse race, really, at all. Want to give a shout-out to Timo Werner, just real quick before we move on, because I've seen a lot of people talking shit about how he's had a slow start, and he hasn't been great, and we spent so much money on him, and why, why did we spend so much money when Tammy's been so good? My dude has 13 goal contributions, meaning a goal or assist, in 10 matches, in the last 10 matches, and he won three penalties also in that time. So if this is him in a slump, like, fuck <laughs> me. You know what I mean? Like, 13 goals and assists in 10 matches yeah. is delightful. It was only that he didn't get get his goal. You know, that's that, that's the thing. People are still sort of obsessed with this idea that uh, strikers have to get goals. But uh, ju- just his run for uh, Tammy's goal was absolutely brilliant. Picked mm. it up in his own half. Power. You know, just went through two Newcastle players like they weren't there and then wrong-footed another one. Slips a great ball in for Tammy, so he didn't, you know, he didn't have a great deal to do to score that goal. He, he was he was very creative, I thought, in this game. And, um, yeah, you can't... You're not going to be able to just judge him on goals because I think his all-over contribution so far to Chelsea has been brilliant. Yeah, and I think it, it's also important to remember that he hasn't even been playing at striker. Like, he is a striker, but he's been playing on mm. the left wing because Pulisic has been out, right? Well, it's the, it's the Thierry Henry kind of thing at Barcelona, you know what I mean, in a way, is that, you know, when he's out on the wing or he's up front, his pace would scare defenders and he'll just keep making those runs again and again and again and he'll be offside. You know, he was offside tons, right, at the start of the year. Um, and probably still is consistently throughout games. So I don't uh, watch every 90 minutes with Chelsea, but that's just inherent in the way he plays, that then he pins defenders back. And then, you know, the one time that the defender doesn't track or he is onside, the ball pings over and you're going to suffer big time. Or he's going to pick it up, like, basically inside his own half, I think, and he's yeah. going to run through half of you <laughs> because he's incredibly quick and incredibly strong. Yeah, he really, like, genuinely is pace and power. It's just that he's, like... Blonde-haired, blue-eyed German dude that no like, one yeah, says that, <laughs> but like he's built like a fucking bulldog. He reminds me of a young Tevez in the shape of his body and the way that he plays. It's just like, just like you cannot even bully him remotely off the wall. He's just quick and like just this little super strong dude. It it, it it's delightful. Pulisic is coming back, uh, potentially going to get the start or at least get some minutes against Spurs. Um, although I am getting increasingly worried that the whole hamstring thing is just like a thing with him and not like one-time injury because mm-hmm. he just he just seems like he's perpetually kind of injured, uh, which isn't great. I do hope that Frank doesn't change the system against Spurs. I don't want to see us go back to five at the back like we had against the VN Man United a couple like two months ago or a month ago, whenever that was, the two boring nil-nils. And I was like, uh, I'm not happy about these clean sheets. I want to see us doing well. I Same thing. I'm saying that ahead of time now. I don't want to see us play super conservative and play for a nil-nil. I want us to go out with our 4-2-3-1 and just, just throw everything at them and, and see if we can land some punches against a really big team. Um, and that actually is a good place to transition to that team uh, because they had a very special result this weekend. Because, Ian, go ahead and cue the jingle. Oh, they're better than they ought to be. 
Burn Layout for the Week. Mourinho Special! We had Tottenham... (laughs) Tottenham 2, Manchester City 0, Tottenham's 0.8 to Manchester City's 1.7 on XG. Speaking of winning games you have to win because you know you're gonna hit hit a flailing... Dragon while it's down. I don't know. I was trying to come up with some witty metaphor. See your shit. Tottenham took advantage. Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> Have on, you Jeff ever Pedder. seen a more Mourinho match than that? Because like we joke about Burnley of the week. Oh, you got lucky. That's what that implies most of the time or whatever. But in this case, this was their game plan and they executed to perfection. Like the Mourinho special is overperforming your XG. Kind of like what Burnley do, right? Like it's not by accident. It's a bit of a switcheroo, though, because, I mean, I only saw, like, kind of the extended highlights kind of stuff. But even from the first goal, you could tell that City were just expecting, like, kind of negative passes and those kind of things. Because when Dombele picks up the ball, he shifts his weight to the right as if to play the ball back. And I can't remember who it was. The City midfielder just absolutely bites on it and starts sprinting back, almost to start putting pressure on the guy that he's going to pass it back to. And then that's when he just plays that lovely dink over the defence. It's like, oh, Sun is in. Like, oh, absolute bit on that, bitches. That was beautiful. It was really, it's really nice to see. And it's really nice, like, because, you know, we've, we've given a lot of love to City over the years. But it's also quite nice to see something so good fail and mm. just be like on paper, <laughs> like, oh, we've got all these injuries and blah, 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 blah. And you look at that TV like, fuck off. No, like, no. Jesus. <laughs> and then they just lose and you're like, oh, five subs won't help that, darling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden, Kevin De Bruyne, Riyad Mahrez, Raheem Sterling, Gabriel Jesus, and Ferran Torres, who scored about 17 goals against Germany over the international break, all on the pitch at some point, right? So, like, these are good players and we continue to be surprised by city i guess we'll take the city side of this first in terms uh, of the stats lucky, Jeff. <laughs> well i want to give time to spurs that the the time that they unfortunately do deserve but he's blue balls in you for a little while <laughs> he's doing it to, to tease you keep you keep you going longer oscar prancing around in a little skirt <laughs> <laughs> hey that's just on fridays and you don't even know my stage name so there's no way you'll find me <laughs> Uh, so just let me throw some numbers out at you guys for City season so far. Um, these are per 90 because they have played one less match, so I'm trying to be as fair as possible. Unexpected goals per 90, City are 7th. Unexpected goals allowed per 90, City are 7th. And unexpected points per 90, City are 5th. So even despite the one match less played, like they're they're just not doing great. And the question really at this point becomes like, are they going to be able to turn that around in time to get back in this title race? Because they are now, what? They are now eight points behind Liverpool. And that is a whole lot of points for this early in the season. Sure, they have a game in hand, but even five points behind would be a whole fucking lot. It's probably about the same as it was last year. It feels like it. And without wanting to go too far away from Tottenham before we start to go down the Manchester City-Liverpool uh, route. It does seem to be that like the two clubs have had all these injury issues and problems and blah, 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 blah. And City's approach has been collapsing, whereas Liverpool's approach has been like, oh, we'll just, what we'll do is we'll just keep winning the games and then, <laughs> and then Imagine that'll work. That. <laughs> that'll work and we'll be fine. And what we'll do is, is we'll just keep playing. Uh, and oh, jobs are good. Look at that. 
Like, this is the time... So Tottenham knew, like, Jose Mourinho would know, like, at the minute, this is the time you can get at Man City. And he set himself up, and he fucking did it, and he took him down. And that's what seems to be happening with, with a lot of games where they're just not performing at the minute. And they're seeing, like, you can get at them. Whereas Liverpool, like, this is also the time to get at Liverpool, especially for, for Leicester, who, you know, again, are having a strong start to the season. Like, so many injuries, Leicester back to full strength, Liverpool still smashed them 3-0. Yeah. Like, that just shows, actually, who, especially this season, who the best team is in the league at the minute. I think that's absolutely true. Liverpool are the best team. But I think that it's not even just a personnel problem. I think that genuinely, for probably the first time in his career, Pep is making tactical choices that are leading to bad results and making his team worse than if he was making, like, different tactical choices, right? Like, both of them are looking at similar problems in terms of personnel and in terms of injuries. But Pep's reaction to that problem, right, how to solve it, has been to basically abandon the idea of a midfield. And so he just throws on five attackers and five defenders. Yep. (laughs) And there's no transition. Like, surprise, surprise, there's no one getting the ball from one to the other. And it's just like really, really disjointed. Whereas Liverpool are like, all right, we're going to trust... Our system, we're going to trust our recruiting, our analytics department, we're going to trust Jurgen Klopp, and we're just going to, you know, go slightly more aggressive in attack and rearrange slightly where the creation is coming from, but we're not going to radically change who we are and what we do. And I think that if, like, this city team is not great, and they are, they lost David Silva, Aguero has been hurt, all that stuff, but I do still feel like they could be the second best team in England, and Pep is not doing that. And it's really fucking weird because, like, he is a fucking genius, a tactical genius. Like, he's one of the best managers ever, certainly probably one of the two or three best managers right now, right? And so I guess the question, and you don't have to answer this right away, it's just something to keep an eye on, but is Pep past it the way Arsene Wenger at some point was the best manager in the world and then the game caught up to him? Or Mourinho, to a certain extent, you could say that about. Like, is the game finally catching up to Pep? Or is this just a weird one-off that he just signed a three-year contract and by the end of those three years, we're going to be talking about, wow, look at how he rebuilt this team and they were in crisis, crisis, crisis. And Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we have to give him a grace period, even in the dominant days of um, Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. They had two or three-year fallow periods occasionally when he would you know, rejuvenate the team. Um, so you've got to give him you've got to give him a little bit of slack. This has been a poor start. City have looked pretty toothless. Um Dominic Calvert Lewin scored as many goals as Manchester City have. But Jeez. Oof, that's a stat. <laughs> My God. So yeah, that grace period is not going to be very long. How long could it be? He's just so he's just signed. What did you say? An extra two years on top of what he already had. Yeah, so he's there through twenty twenty three now. But how bad does this city? How bad does this city season have to end before serious questions start getting asked? Because at the minute it's just wow, what's happening with City? This this is strange. But if you look at the um, fixture run that City have got uh, to take them up to Christmas. You string five or six results together there, back in business. Like, I know they're eight points behind Liverpool or whatever it is, but 
you only need Liverpool to drop a couple of points. You string decent decent um, results together for those six. The problem they've got is that Liverpool have got very good fixtures for the next six as well. But Chelsea and Tottenham haven't got brilliant fixtures for the run-up to Christmas. So I think this is going to be a really telling period for Man City and Pep about whether they can keep keep any sort of pressure on because at the minute they're not applying any pressure. The pressure is all coming from Chelsea, all coming from Tottenham. If by Christmas they're double figures away from Liverpool again, like that's it. You think they'll you think they'll fire him like within a month of having extended his contract? If like so they're in thirteenth right now, right? Let's say we hit the halfway point of the season, which is usually around Boxing Day or first week of January, mm. and they're still below tenth or even like sixth. Do you think that they let them ride out the season? I don't know. Maybe it's just that they're seriously fucking off the league this year and just going for the Champions League. The way they're playing, you know, you said with the weird tactics, is very much how Pep gets post, like, you know, from the quarterfinals onwards in the Champions League when it's fallen apart for him so many times for him. And so maybe this year, like, they're just doing that in the league, doing all these weird tactics. So they kind of get used to them a bit and not fucking bothered. Just that this year is the gambit to properly actually win the Champions League and it feels like I've said that for three years in a row but like it's the only way in my head I can logically justify the fact that we're eight games into the season you know or is it nine games into the season sorry and potentially if, if, if let's say City won the game in hand you know they'd still be seventh like seventh and five points off the top I don't know man they are on pace currently for 61 expected goals which is 40 less expected goals than last season. Like, that's such a drop-off. Like, it's precipitous. It's insane. Ooh, good word. All right, let's... uh, We said that we were going to talk about Spurs. I do want to give them... Jeff's back in the game. ...their credit, so Jeff... (laughs) Lube up, Jeff. (laughs) uh, Spurs have been phenomenal, right? And we've talked about that in the last couple of weeks. I said, I don't want this. I said, I don't want to give them credit, but unfortunately, (laughs) they are. I'll rattle off some of their per 90 stats just so we can see how good they've been. Um, on expected goals per 90, they are second uh, behind Liverpool. On expected goals allowed per 90, they are third behind Chelsea and Burnley. And on expected points per 90, they are third behind Liverpool and Chelsea. So like they genuinely have been up there. They're not really leading in any categories. Um, and I mean, Liverpool, again, are the best team. And then Spurs and Chelsea are kind of splitting the difference for the second best team. But this is light years away from where they were at the beginning of the season, certainly off of last season. Um, how surprised are you guys by this? A bit, just based on recent years of Mourinho and how it goes. I mean, he, he still says his greatest achievement in management is finishing second with that United team. And so... <laughs> I don't disagree. <laughs> no, well, it's hard to disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, similarly, like, with what he's had to do in, with Tottenham, is he's had to come in and change such a big culture. You know, it was Pochettino and it was this niceness and really good harmony and all this kind of thing that had gradually started to crack and wane and, and, and just kind of, you know, people sleeping with each other's sisters and not being allowed to see those things. And Amazon documentaries, the pricks. that <laughs> Christian Eriksen wanted to leave and just kind of everything going. And, and Mourinho's kind of had to come in and put his stamp on it, take a bit of time to blah, 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 blah. And let's see, like, we're getting second season Mourinho now and it looks like we're getting actual second season Mourinho and what what he's done to Harry Kane is insane you say about Timo Werner's goal involvements but Harry Kane's got 16 in nine games it just in the Premier League 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he has been probably the well, Sun might be the player of the season. The two of them have been the co-players of the season so far. Like <laughs> yeah. far enough. But but and it's it's like you said before, like if you can get if you get like three players, elite level players playing at their top game, like it makes a huge, huge difference. Um and so having those two at least, like, hey, it's it's better than they were before because it was, you know, Harry Kane being stuck up front, not being able to contribute in the same way. Um, and just kind of everybody kind of trading off injuries, it felt like, um, for the last couple of seasons as well. Yeah. And, you know, and we were, and I, and I don't think we weren't wrong in the time of what we said with Harry, about Harry Kane and how he was, as much as Jeff Will was constantly saying, <laughs> no, no, he's better. But it's like, you know, he, he probably had to take a good look at himself when Mourinho came in. It's just like, right, I can't play the way I used to. I just can't. You have to accept that at some point as you progress through your career. And now look that he's in his most productive form that he's been, and it's it's sensational. It's fantastic to see see from him, and then see him just have to suffer the same way when he plays for England. Uh, and no one cares yeah. about international football though. That's fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right because I think Kane, if he'd have stayed where playing where he was, and not only was he sort of isolated up top and not able to turn the pace on quite like he used to. He was having to, or felt like he had to, go so far back to try and get involved and get the ball. Uh, this, as we've said before, seems to be a tactical shift. So he's been he's been moved back into sort of a, a number 10. And then you've had two players maybe playing in front of him sometimes, mm. be it Sun and Bale or whoever. Um, but you're also getting a lot more width as well from... Um, the fullbacks. So there's definitely, yeah, there's. I have often wondered whether Jose's tactical nous has been overplayed, but I think what he's done at Tottenham has been genuinely impressive, mm. not just with Kane, but with the, the whole team and how they can support Kane and how Kane can support. Yeah, buying, it, buying into that system as well. And maybe that's a symptom yeah. of like something that's worked coming in and having Maurizio Pochettino and it being such a, like they really followed him well, is that those are players that are susceptible to that and, and are willing to to get behind the system and how they play. And I think it is quite clever then, you know, having when Kane drops off and he's playing these fantastic passes. I mean, you know, he, he used to take corners in Roy Hodgson's England. For fuck's sake. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ, so fucking painful that was. But... <laughs> <sighs> You know, it's like it's like now. So, say for example, the way he's playing now. Like, if he steps off, he's going to play these passes, and Sun's going to be running behind, and it's terrifying for defenders and having to figure it out, right? And then if he steps up, like, and does play centre forward, even though you know we say like, oh, he's not as effective, not as whatever. There is no way that he gets left alone. Yeah. There is there is zero chance of that. They will still have a man on him, so he still draws someone in. So it it then gives him two completely different dimensions to how they want to play. And, yeah. and you know, it's and he's not having to do that for the whole game. He can, yeah, exactly, and burn it himself and turn out. It. Yeah, exactly. yeah, he can pick his spots, and he, you know, I mean, I've said this all along. Even when he was the lesser Kane of the two possible Canes, the, the a real sliding doors kind of situation. <laughs> Kane not able. Yes, exactly. Um, he he's a phenomenal finisher when he has the ball at his feet, and he has like even a half second to take to pick something out. Like his, the skill that he shows with his feet, both for passing and shooting, is 
absurd. And I think mm. that he, the fact that he can choose his spots to move up to be able to take those shots in the right situations as opposed to trying to get them every time, all the time, and being the focal point is like such a, such a change for him. I mean, seven goals off 6.8 XG. Yeah, I mean, he's a phenomenal finisher, He's, he's right? the like, closest. He's the closest of anyone. Apart from, oh, Jamie Vardy, but I don't know how it skews because of penalties. You can't he's count. He's basically yeah. played on. <laughs> you can't count this. Calvert-Lewin's <laughs> overperforming by three. Um, Salah's overperforming by two. Bamford, oh, so close. <laughs> Over, he's overperforming by 1.3. Kane is like, yeah, 0.19 away from exactly what he should be. All right, so, I mean, we obviously all know where I will land on this question. But I'm curious to get your takes before we move on to Liverpool, the Liverpool match and talking about Liverpool's numbers. If you had to put a bet right now on who will finish higher up in the table at the end of the season, are you taking Spurs or are you taking Chelsea? Um, I'd say Spurs, actually. Okay. that's. I mean, that's fair. Like, it is a a toss-up. Yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's the landslide. But I just think based on what I said before is that Mourinho's a lot further down the line with a team and knowing what to do and tactically knowing what he's about and and competing on multiple fronts and how that's going to happen than Lampard is. Uh, uh, Both teams are also susceptible to the same kind of inexplicably, like they could just lose two games in a row and or like get two two losses and a draw. And it's a bit weird. And that's kind of what rightfully then gives Liverpool the edge. But I think right now, like it's, it's, it's in a good place. Like the more competition we have in that, the better. And, yeah. and the more fun, but I, but I, I think yeah, Tottenham for me. I, I am inclined to agree with you, and I'm inclined to agree with the reasoning as well. I think Jose just doesn't make some of. I think I've seen Lampard make some substitutions occasionally that I've been like, I'm not sure what. Like I think he's just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what mm. happens when it's going there wrong. Was, there was a game, wasn't there, where he started like subbing off all the centre backs for strikers, and you had yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was early. About I, I do you were playing like that. a three-one-five or something. Fucking yeah, it was three, like two, late in something. a match, and we were chasing a result, and I think we like managed. Oh, to, West oh Brom. We, we pulled West out Brom. a draw. It was West Brom when you were three 0 down. Yeah, it, I mean we must have been. We scored three, so it wasn't That's a match. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But the only time you see Jose doing that is when it's a message to the board that he hasn't got enough players. Like That's the only yeah. time you see Jose mm. doing anything like that. I think you exactly hit the point of why I would say it's Chelsea, is that Mourinho cannot help but feud with a player. I mean, look at Deli Alli, right? He always has to be feuding with someone. And if he changes his mind on Deli Alli, who was his favorite last year, if you watch that documentary, and feuds with the wrong person, it will all implode. Huge meltdown factor for Mourinho. So if they hit a rough patch, like who knows what could happen? That's next year. That's a next year. That's third season. season. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. And then the other thing I think that Chelsea have is a lot more depth. So like, you know, Pulisic has been out. We put Timo Werner on the left wing. Tammy is our backup strike. Like we have very, very good players at every position to back up except mm. left back <laughs> because our backup <laughs> is Alonso. Um, and so if they get hit with the injury bug the way every team has been so far, Spurs have been pretty lucky on the injury front. And if they see a long spell without Son or without Kane, they I don't think they have the pieces to cover for that. Like, Bale has played 90 minutes and hasn't shown anything. So, like, who comes in for Kane? Who comes in for Son? Fernando Lorente. <laughs> Is he genuinely still there? Like, I don't know. No, <laughs> okay, no, he plays go. for uh, Inter 
other team in Europe here. There you go. Napoli? <laughs> it's just become shorthand for uh, taking the piss out of Tottenham squad depth, hasn't it? That's all. Yeah. Vincent Janssen. Vincent Janssen. <laughs> Vincent Janssen. Oh, Vincent man, that's a throwback. Janssen. That is quite the throwback. So, uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess right. Fernando Lorente plays for Napoli. There you go. <laughs> That's a beautiful jersey, so I bet he looks good. He's a handsome guy, if not in a, a particularly good footballer. Yeah. <laughs> the league suffered for him leaving, let's just say that. Um, in handsomeness, yes. Yes, in handsomeness. But otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Well, you know, and, and crotch scored goals. <laughs> uh, we all moved on. We've all moved Speaking on. Speaking of moving on. Yes, so let's go ahead and move to the Liverpool match then, uh, and kind of wrap it up for the week. There, we had Liverpool 3, Leicester Zero, Liverpool 3.8. Oh my, on XG to Leicester's <laughs> 2.0. So Leicester put up 2.0 and then only scored zero, but Liverpool put up 3.8. So like that's not even remotely close. And again, an own goal in there. So uh, underperformed yeah. <laughs> by two goals. <laughs> <sighs> so Liverpool, best team in England. Anything complicated here? No, this is like... Last season's Liverpool and season before that Liverpool combined and just went, what we're going to do is we'll defend. We don't have defenders, but we will still manage to defend. <laughs> and we're just going to go score a buttload of goals. It's it's frustrating because I was very excited is the wrong word because you never want to like celebrate someone being injured. But I was excited from a Chelsea perspective of them having no defenders. And... Allison came back sooner than I think was expected, certainly sooner than I thought he was going to be back. And I think that between Liverpool and Chelsea, they have really shown that, like, you can lose Van Dijk, you can lose the best right bag in the league, but if you have a good keeper, that'll, that makes such a big difference. Like, and that's not insightful, particularly to say everybody knows that a keeper is worth 10 points in the league, right? Like, that's an old expression or whatever. Or in David De Gea's case, in that one Mourinho season was worth 30 points in the league. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did not think that Liverpool would cope this well with their entire back line being injured. And they are coping with it. And I think that part of that is very much Allison, and part of that is smart recruiting by their analytics team and whatever else. And they don't look like they're slowing down yet, no. which is so frustrating. So frustrating because they're about to get Thiago back. They're going to get, I mean. Oh, yeah, I forgot know, about it. He's amazing. And he's been out for like a month and a half or something. Like. Yeah, and to be fair, like you take out that mental result against uh, Aston Villa, and you know they've only conceded nine goals apart from that. Nearly fifty percent of their goals this season they conceded in one game to Villa. Yeah, Villa, who low key have been great. They're they are in the top four for basically every metric, along with Chelsea, Liverpool, and Tottenham. Like shout out to to Villa, but to throw out some Liverpool numbers because you mentioned that other than that they've only conceded nine. Um, unexpected goals per 90, they are in first place. Unexpected goals allowed per 90, they are all the way down in 10th, which is not great and potentially a fatal flaw, but also goes to show how good Allison is. And unexpected points per 90, they are in, surprise, surprise, first place. So, which wasn't the case last year, was it? No, no I mean, way. City were just the leaders in basically everything last year. Expected points, Apart expected from goals. the actual league. Right. <laughs> the way he keep reminding himself yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, do you guys remember I said at the beginning of the season that I was going to keep track of the match-by-match match XG results? Oh, genuinely, yes, I do. Yeah, and I was like, this is bad stats, so don't read into this. It's just something interesting <laughs> that I'm going to do in the background where, like, you know, let's say Liverpool, right, in this match, Liverpool won 3.8 to 2.0 on XG, so they get the three 
fake points, and Lester would get zero fake points on the table. Um, Correct. Even by that insane match by match metric, Liverpool that are means in first. That means nothing. Yes, other than a, <laughs> an indication of their individual <laughs> results. You I don't just, know. Just, just have some self belief, man, or like a little bit of confidence about yourself. Well, and just like bollocks it, just bullshit it, and just say this is a hundred percent reliable. <laughs> I, I recognize how bullshit this is. Um, but they have twenty one points on on that. Chelsea would have been in second, allegedly on nineteen. And Man City would be on 18 fake points. So, like, Liverpool, by every fucking metric, are just just great. Just Even great. the fake ones. Even the fake ones. And I guess the question is, can anyone actually give them a run? And what would it take for that to happen? I think we just have to be a touch careful of saying Liverpool are going to be able to survive without Van Dijk. And uh, a few of their other defenders going. Admittedly, Trent's uh, injury doesn't look like it's going to be particularly long term. Uh, and as you say, I think they would have been in trouble had Allison not been able to come back. The, the fixtures do help as well. The fact that they, I mean, Leicester were high up, but then you know their next three yeah. games, which takes you up to mid December, is Brighton, Wolves, and Fulham. Yeah. So not, you know, it's not. This top is it. Six. And, and and Leicester have never caused Liverpool a lot of trouble. They've uh, lost. Uh, their last three Premier League uh, meetings with Liverpool and they've conceded nine goals over those three games. So Leicester have never caused them a problem. They've got a very nice fixture run now. So this is a good time for Liverpool. If they can get through this and Trent comes back, obviously you're not going to get Van Dijk back, but you know they can get a few, uh, their defence back in better shape. Then you can talk about them really kicking on. But all I'm, all I'm saying is I just want to meter it slightly of, oh, Liverpool have survived with it defensively, not a problem. It was only Leicester and Leicester have not yeah. caused Liverpool trouble in the past. But it is but it is like this is as quote-unquote easy as you're going to get it playing against Liverpool. Yes. Like at yes, the minute, as, as understrength the team that you can. Yeah, true. Get. Right. And, and you mentioned the schedule. I pulled up my fixture reader while you were talking. They have the second best... Uh, fixture rating according to XG for the next five matches. The only team better than them is Aston Villa, who have an amazing run of fixtures. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, I thought you said the only team better than them like is Aston Villa. Like oh, that they yeah, would... in terms of the strength of schedule for the next <laughs> yeah. five, yeah. Well, I mean, the next seven, five are West Ham, seven Newcastle. two dictates correct, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they beat the champions, so now they're the champions. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works. That is how, that's how it works. works. That's it. Lineal champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, so someone taking over now? Yeah, well, it would be a bit churlish of me to only want to talk about FPL when I do well. So, FPL! Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, Had a good week yeah. there, Chuck, then? Uh, 71 points. Ooh, not bad, not bad. Uh, yeah, not save, bad the, save the transfer. Had a couple of injuries. Yeah, I did. I didn't want to do anything with my team, really. Like, there was nothing that wouldn't. Potentially, I wouldn't have wanted to reverse the decision, or you know, I mean, around the core. So, yeah, I had a good one. I went into Did you keep like Salah. The... Have you got Salah? Did you keep? I, I have not owned Salah probably for two and a half years. Okay, fine, fair enough. Yeah, it's just a lot of money, um, and I'm, I'm thrifty. I'm thrifty. Uh, I've always got. I mean, right now, I've got, got money in the bank. I've noticed that. Yeah, I've got a million in the bank. <laughs> I've got a million in the bank. My squad's worth one hundred two, so that's good. But yeah, I was having a really good time. I had uh, Reese James, Ben Chilwell, Andy Robertson. Uh, I had Son, Kane, Werner, Calvert-Lewin, all doing well. Stupidly, 
overthought it and thought I'd be a bit clever and Captain Rodriguez. Um, so just two. And then uh, I had Zaha, Saiz, who uh, are both gone. Uh, well, Zaha's not gone forever. He's uh, just got COVID and his missus is about to have a baby, question mark, had a baby. And Saiz, what happened to Saiz? Ian, you're the FPL man. He also has the COVID, I think, or at least got exposed. He's isolated. Yeah, that is, well, I mean, he he had been dropped anyway. And, um, you know, Nuno doesn't generally change things when it's going well. So uh, Kilman's got his run in the the team, it seems. Um, So, yeah, Saiz did seem like he was was out anyway. But, yeah, apparently he was not in the squad because of a COVID diagnosis. So, yeah, I don't see him getting back anytime soon, to be honest. How about you, Ian? How'd you do this week? Um, well, I did spend I spent points getting rid of uh, Salah and Trent. Um, it does seem like Salah's going to be potentially okay now, so maybe that was a mistake. But equally, I don't think... Well, Chuck's showing that, or certainly showed last season, that Salah wasn't essential then if he's not owned yeah. for two yeah, and a half years. Don't, don't, let's not look at my overall performance this season <laughs> not this season but <laughs> I think I've creeped into the top 50% now I think <laughs> but yeah I'm not too fussed about that I don't like uncertainty I was happy to get rid of Salah especially uh, for 12 and a bit mil like yeah. that's that's fair enough I think yeah. Sa- in fact Sam Danby made the, the best one out of those and he got rid of uh, Salah and Trent for uh, Fernandez and Dina yeah that's not bad and Captain Captain Fernandez and got like a billion points. Yeah, so I mean that was the move, weren't it? Yeah. And he's twenty eight k in the world now. So. Oh, very nice. Patreon Sam Dam- Sam Danby there, and we can we can all the Patreons can all take a little bit of Sam's uh, high high rank for themselves. I think because we're all it's a collective, isn't it, Chuck? It's not just yeah. That's we can all I'm, average out the ranks. I'm definitely saying that when I'm at the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the average. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll happily go with community spirit until I'm winning. Yeah. Let's just say. <laughs> then make that grab for personal glory. And uh, speaking of community spirit, how does your team, not your team, not everyone's my team. team, go? Yeah. The team has Bamford, so that's how you know it's not my yeah, team. Yeah, that's fair. It's not my fucking team. <laughs> um, I let me pull them up. I think they did okay this week. I don't think they did. Oh no, they didn't. No, well, forty nine isn't horrible, but the average was fifty five. Yeah, that's not yeah. great. Um, the transfers were the fucking people voted to make two transfers, which I didn't want to do. And then <laughs> we got C.H. and Bamford in. Don't question democracy. Stop the count. Stop Don't question count. democracy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I do these days. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, we dropped Mares and DCL for Z.H. and Bamford. That is just so fucking. Who picked that? Your numbers? <laughs> The the model, yeah, the people. I don't know. I don't make the rules, man. I don't. No, make the you rules. make the numbers, though. <laughs> the way you're distancing yourself. I make the equations. Your thank you very much. I do not make the numbers. I make the equations, which is the thing that is fun and interesting to me. It's like the guy who invented you the atomic bomb. You facilitate the numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just put the knife there. I didn't know someone was going to pick him up and stab him. <laughs> oh dear. Oh man. Yeah, not a great week. Um, I think you caught up to the. Stats robots finally, Chuck, right? Like you overtook? Finally. Come on. You've been ahead for a couple of weeks. <laughs> you fucking I don't know. I'm not really. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not below Finley. That's the fucking key now. Jesus. <laughs> for yeah, now. <laughs> firmly at the bottom of Languishing. the Languishing. So glad I got him in. <laughs> uh, 
Oh it's worth mentioning actually that um, you can you can join in for just two dollars a month by being on the Slack. So uh, patreon.com slash miles offside pod. That's your cheapest way in, and the uh, the the Slack where we can all take credit for Sam Danby's uh, brilliant rank is uh, where it's at. Awesome. What about the Predictor League? We checking in on that this week. Predictor, Predictor League. Well, I just slagged him off for being bottom of FPL, but he's topping predictions. Finley Stimson. Good old boy. This has been going on a long time now. Yeah, well, the good thing is now it's starting to shake out a bit. Now that a few more games, like, the score is going down. So before, I think when I did this a couple of weeks ago, the like, the lowest score, as it were, was like 90-something. So now he's mm. down to 70. Right, okay. So we're getting a bit... Uh, um, Honourable mention to Dan Parkinson, who has got 112 points. Uh, and I will mention Oof. again, it is because he put Tottenham in 18th place. <laughs> Oh, for fuck's sake. oh my god! <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, the Arsenal fan that took. Uh, oh no, sorry, nineteenth, nineteenth place. So he's, yeah, yeah, eighteen points. Um, just for that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, where are you guys? Uh, do do Op, you are in twenty second uh, on ninety points. Ian Stimson is in fourteenth on eighty six points joint with about five other people and oh I just have to keep scrolling up 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 oh he's in the top three chucky big chucky b chucky b is on is third on 78 points nice well it, it is your turn to win it this year so it is yeah i should i fucking invented it not that i invented <laughs> like football and predictions but like Equations. This, this game yeah yeah and uh yeah numbers maths excel spreadsheets who's second then uh chris smith it might be Smith. I don't know if I left off a letter or not. But <laughs> it seems, let's know, Chris. It seems like Smith, Smitty, Smith, Schmidt, Smitty. Um, whoever. And uh, also, well, she's not in the top three because it's a tie and I entered first because it's my game. Um, but your lovely wife, uh, Dr. Emily, is uh, in joint third slash fourth. Wow. Um, there you go. She's very smart. Much smarter than me. So People tangentially linked to the podcast are doing quite well. Am I... Yeah, I'm the tangent, I guess. Okay. <laughs> no. My new nickname, the tangent. Um, speaking of tangents, it's time for. We don't have a jingle for. No, we need a jingle Something for the bluff, don't we? And you're too plain, Nina. You give bluff a bad name. There you go. Yeah. It's <laughs> just what came to mind. Listeners, please submit an excellent jingle for the bluff. Um, we'll call that a placeholder. Yeah. Sorry, just edging forward in my seat. I'm ready. Chuck's ready. Ian, are you ready? Yeah, get your pen and paper out, you old fuck. <laughs> yeah, you cheating bastard. Wax tablet. Come on, you cheating prick. You want to tap? Yeah, turn your camera back on, you cheating bastard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't trust you. If we hear click, 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 click coming from Ian's uh, <laughs> camera turned off feed, I'm going to be suspicious. With my performance, you think I've been cheating? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm on hosting duties this week. I have three categories ready to go. I believe the standings are Chuck on two points, me on one, and Ian on zero. Correct. Early days. Early days, lads. I will give you first choice. Would you like category one, category B, or category triangle? There we go. Because <laughs> the triangle has three sides. That's why you picked it. That is correct. Yeah. Very good. You know me so well, Chuck. <laughs> triangle. Triangle. Okay, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, we are so 10, close 10, to becoming only connect, where it's just a load of fucking hieroglyphs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mr. Stimson. This is one of those uh, 
US plus UK categories, which I only realize now is not helpful to you guys because you're both <laughs> from the UK. <laughs> but wow. between the city of New York and the city of London, there are 17 boroughs. Five boroughs in New York and 12 that are considered inner London boroughs, according to Wikipedia. Oh. How many of those 17 can you name? Um, two. <laughs> yeah. Is it weird that I probably know more of the New York ones than the London ones? I bet ones? you do. That's the, yeah. Just because oh. of like the inner London thing. That's throwing me off a little bit. Yeah. Well, because there was like 23 London boroughs, according to Wikipedia. I was like, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, that would way be very many. helpful. <laughs> <laughs> if, you could, if you could just change it to go to that one, that would be great. Yeah. To Greater London. Okay. So is this, is this. Like boroughs on the west of London and boroughs on the east of. I think if you just make like a little ring around the inside, like brilliant. So brilliant. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. Like London, <laughs> the city of London is not one of the boroughs, but imagine the twelve closest to that. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh fucking hell! I had heard of a bunch of these, so like I, I if I know these names, you guys will know these names. Yeah, I'll go five. Okay, I'm glad you've taken it up a notch. I think, I think that's explain things a bit better um yeah but that's why it's weird like if he just said greater london like i'd have been all right <laughs> yeah yeah in the london boroughs new york boroughs um okay uh six six out of 17 seven uh eight nine here we go ian you want to go double digits on this no he doesn't no you saw me. You saw me just give up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to drive the drive it up on Chuck. Make it get to twelve. No, 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 no. Because I'll call him on ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Yeah, I'm gonna need then. nine New York slash inner London boroughs, please. Uh, so five boroughs of New York: uh, Manhattan. Yep. Queens. Yep. Hello. Brooklyn. Boo. Staten Island. Yep. And the Bronx? Did I say the Bronx? That's right. You got all five New York. Okay. Very good. So I need four inner London boroughs. Uh, Very good. The city of Westminster. Yes. One. Uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> Camden? Camden, yes. Which would be the borough of Camden and something else, isn't it? Um, it's just listed as Camden on Wikipedia. Okay. Kensington? Uh, do you want to be a slightly more specific? Royal borough of Kensington and Ch- Chelsea? Yes, very good. It's Kensington and Chelsea. Um, one more. Just one more. F- yeah, I know. That's- Holborn? How's that spelled? H-O-L-B-O-R-N. Boo! Ah! No, because it's negative, like sir. Why did I say that? Sorry. Point goes to Ian. Uh, Ian, do you want to throw some out here? Try to finish out the the ten more inner London boroughs that you guys didn't say? Um, Brent? Nope. Hammersmith and Fulham. Hammersmith is there. Fulham is not. Uh, oh, the... I thought it was the borough was Hammersmith. Yeah, I and thought it was Hammersmith Fulham. and Fulham. Yeah. Oh well, it was just listed as Hammersmith on Wikipedia. Tower Tower Hamlets. Tower Hamlets. Yep, that's there. Uh, we also had Greenwich or Greenwich. I don't know how you guys would Greenwich, pronounce it over there. Yeah. Hackney, Islington, Lambeth, Islington, Lewisham, Islington. Southwark, and Wandsworth. Wandsworth, which is a delightful. <laughs> Lewis- name. See, that's, that's, I would never have put Lewisham as a central... No. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, that's the interesting. The category's the category. The category's the category. I won't, I won't fight it. <laughs> All right, so point to Ian, which means, Chuck, would you like category A or category 2? 
Uh, <laughs> a. I hate this so much. I believe it was one and B before. Yep, I did well. change it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He knows okay. it was. I know what it was. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, Chuck. England plus Germany at the 2018 World Cup faced a total of eight combined opponents. How many of those can you name? I'll tell you, they shared an opponent, so that's why it's eight. Right, okay, I got you. Uh, Five. I got five out of eight. Ian, do you want to go to six out of eight? Six. Six out of eight. See, it just becomes if you can name Germany's group. Six is how many England played. Because you're never going to go all of No, uh, yeah, but this is for the win, so... This is for the win, Chuck. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to leave this category in his hands. I should have just gone six straight away. Seven. Ooh, seven. Ian, do you want to name Shit. all eight for the win, or do you want to leave it in Chuck's hands? I can't get the last one. No, go on. All right, Chuck, we got eight... No, sorry, seven out of these eight that I you have to name. I've just gone blank on the fourth one in England's group. Belgium... That's one. Sweden. Two. That's the one that they both played. Croatia. Three. Colombia. Four. Very good. Panama. Yep. One more that England played. You're at five right now, so I need two more. What was the last one in England's group? That is the question here. Or some of Germany's group. Fuck. I'm going to need an answer, bud. Um... Fuck, I've gone completely blank. Uh, they were at the World Cup. Slovakia. Boo! And the win goes to Ian, the last group. Uh, the last Tunisia? team. Yeah, it was Tunisia. Fuck! Yep. And then Germany's group was Mexico, South Korea, and Sweden. Oh, Ian wins without answering the question. I was so excited for the last group. I'm going to give the last group out anyway, and it'll just be for fun. Um, because it's a good group. It's a good category. So, Ian... There are 19 players that have worn the number nine jersey for England in the 21st century. So Alan Shearer wore it from 1992 to 2000. And since Shearer gave up the number nine, there have been 18 players to wear that jersey for England. Jesus, that seems a lot. Yeah, it bounces around quite a bit. That's why I thought it was an interesting category. How many of those 18 do you think you can name? Um, (laughs) Not many, to be honest. Um... I'll go with a very low four. Yeah, I think it's just going to be about naming weird strikers in England team. Six? Okay, I got six. I thought you guys would rattle these off. I know all of these names. Because we've had, we've had this discussion about shirt numbers. Like, I don't, I don't, it doesn't mean as much yeah. to yeah. some people. Like, it only means something in, like, certain club settings, potentially. All right, so Chuck's at six. Ian, do you want to go higher than six? That's one third of the 18 that's... <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like a lot, does it? I don't think I do, no. No. What if we just try and name players alternately? Just try and name players alternately. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I mean, you guys, can, this isn't for a point anyway, so you guys can take this however you want. Yeah. And, and when is it from, sorry, when did you 2000 say? 2000 to now. So Shearer wore it from 92 to 2000, and then since then it's been 18 players. So it's after, everything after Shearer, okay. Everything after Shearer. Yeah, I try to remember that far back. <laughs> <laughs> there'll be some weird ones in there. There's definitely some weird ones in here, for sure. Some names yeah. that I was like, oh, remember him? <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, I'm really worried that this player just has always worn the number 10 now. <laughs> but Rooney? Yes, Rooney. In the early 2000s, he wore it. 
That's one. Ian, you give me one. Heskey. Very good. He wore it after Rooney. Nice. He was the next player after <laughs> Rooney to wear it. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, I'll go Harry Kane. Yep, he's the most recent. Um, Vardy? Yes, very good. He is nine number nines ago. Oh, sorry, eight That's number nuts. nines ago. He only he only quit like I know. <laughs> um, okay, so there's going to be loads of weird ones. Uh, I'm going to say Dan- Daniel Sturridge. Very good. Yes. Uh, that's what it, yeah, that's what he is. Mind. Five ago. <laughs> Kane is the current one. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Peter Crouch. Very good. Yes, he yeah, was. He be. was quite a while ago. I don't yes. know. I don't have the years in front of you me. You can't count that high. Um, Danny Welbeck. Very oh, good. That's nice. Yes, right, that's right nice. before Sturridge was Danny Welbeck. Two after Vardy. I've only got one more written down. Um, I think Sterling has done it. Yes, Sterling wore it between yeah. Vardy and Welbeck. Right. I'm out of ones I'd written down. Okay. I'm going to go. Here's my weird one that came straight to my head. I don't know why. Ricky Lambert. There it is. Yes, that <laughs> is the weird one. Nice. He had it right before Vardy. He had it right before Jamie Vardy. Nice. Oh, um, very recently then, um, Calvert Lewin. Very good. He's the last one before Kane. Although I think Kane has worn it on and off, like it, yeah, it bounces yeah. around. Then it's not. There's not so much of a like. You you always have that number with internationals. It's just. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Any anyone else? You want to throw one out there, Chuck? We got one, two, three, four, five, seven more on this list. Most of the older ones you guys don't have, and then two of the very recent ones you don't have. Yeah, the recent ones it could just be like someone who's played once. Like I don't know. I suspect one of these wore it like one or two times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Listeners at home are screaming some names right now. Michael Owen? No. Sorry. No Michael Owen. In 98 he did. He was younger. He was the first player to be like younger than their number or something like that in a World Cup or something. He was less than nine years old? (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? No, he was 20. He was number 20. (laughs) Pieces of shit. I knew he was a prodigy, but fucking hell. (laughs) Okay, I my next one, my next guess would have been Rashford. Nope, never ah, won it. Fuck, you were only one away then, Chuck. Any uh, any last guess for you, Chuck, or I'll just rattle off the rest. Uh, nah. Uh, Danny Ings. Nope. All right, so going nah. backwards, uh, I'll go the full Sancho. list. Sancho, Kane, DCL, Sancho. Yes, he's the one right ah. before Calvert Lewin. Before that was Jermaine Defoe. Uh, oh, then yeah. we had Sturridge, Welbeck, Sterling, Vardy, Lambert. Then the one before Lambert was Andy Carroll. Hey! <laughs> Andy Carroll. Then we had Peter Crouch. Then before that was Darren Bent. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ashley Young wore it at some point, which is crazy because he's like a that, fullback now. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he wore it between Heskey and Bent. He must have worn it for like one or two matches. I don't know. Uh, then it was Maybe Heskey. he was number six and he would just wore the shirt upside down. <laughs> <laughs> then it was Rooney. And then the first three in the century, neither of you guys got. It's Alan Smith, Robbie Fowler, and Andy Cole. I had Andy Cole in my head, but I thought that would have been... He wore it in the year 2000. So, like, he just made the cutoff. Right, okay. Uh, no, no, that was good. Thanks, Oscar. Good question. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. All right, well, tune in my next time around. I'll be England number 10s. <laughs> Start <laughs> <Yeah>. memorizing. <laughs> Ian's doing the categories next week, so we'll just save that to drafts. Uh, speaking of next week, fixtures. <laughs> Friday night. Friday night kickoff. Uh, FPL deadline is what? 6.30? Question mark. 90 minutes before. Crystal Palace. Newcastle. Depressing. Great. 
Uh, hang on a minute. Why did we play on Monday and then on Friday? Yeah, I did notice that. That's rough. Although you don't have Europe in the middle of the week like most of the teams at this point. So. Mm. No. Some of the teams. Some, not, yeah. Literally not most. Some of the but... teams. Uh, it is on Amazon Prime, though, so enjoy not watching that for free. Um, <laughs> then we've got Brighton versus Liverpool on Saturday. Uh, Manchester City, Burnley, Everton, Leeds, and West Brom, Sheffield United. If only you could go out on Saturday night. Um, Southampton, Man United <laughs> kicks off Sunday with Chelsea and Spurs. Arsenal, Wolves. Then on Monday, Leicester versus Fulham and West Ham. Versus Villa in, I don't know, what Sky will probably say is the Claret and Blue Derby? Question mark? Some bollocks? Who knows? Oh, did you see Fulham missed another penalty? <gasps> yes, he fell down. He slipped. Yes, I did. Uh, he didn't just fall down. He slipped and kicked the ball into his own foot. <laughs> I saw a stat something like uh, the last 31 penalties Fulham have got, they've only scored 15 of them. They're less oh, than 50%. Me. That's a shocker. That is that an is, absolute shocker. Like, just just by someone who knows how to take a penalty kick, if they can't do anything else, well, just they, like they're they know how to third, take a pen. Third choice now, because Mitrovic has given up. Obviously, Lookman's never getting anywhere near the penalty spot but ever I again, I, I presume. I just don't get it. Why? If, if I'm sorry, but if you're a striker and you don't want to take penalties or you don't take penalties, then you just you can't be good. Like, Mitrovic, his head has gone, I think, completely. He's just... just Fucking yeah. hit it as hard as you possibly can. <laughs> like, just do that. Yeah, don't but do not yeah. like Sergio Ramos. Not don't... too hard. Oh Jesus Christ! Those were <laughs> yeah. He missed two in a game, didn't he? Uh, Basically, I don't remember. I just remember no, he that did. he fucking like hit the moon <laughs> <laughs> with one of them. No, no, no. He did. Uh, he did like a lookman. He tried two Penenkas and fucked them both. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. also the most Sergio Ramos thing. Did he get a red card too? Because that would be like the trifecta. <laughs> uh, he could have done. Could have done. I don't know. But yeah, just oh. just like don't try and place it. Don't just hit it. Hit it. Can't do worse than the last two guys. <laughs> you sound so English right now. For the record, you're like just fucking put your laces through it, mate. Come on, you can't argue with that. You are a penalty is like the one situation. You are twelve yards out. There is no one. The ball is not moving. You can stand and just, like. I'm sorry, I've said it for so long, but you should get a two-match ban if you miss a penalty. Um, <laughs> oh, new rule. <laughs> find a week's wages? Is that what you're saying? How many weeks? <laughs> One week's wages, fine. Five. <laughs> oh, five is damn. Wow. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, Fulham are the richest club in the world because they just keep getting the money paid back to them that they spend. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's not beat around the bush. It's only really Chelsea Spurs that we're interested in this game week as a, a kind of a tight, uh, closely contest are you telling me you're not super excited for arsenal wolves come on <laughs> yeah i'm not excited about wolves this year i'm not bothered they've proper dropped off the radar like they're a thing that's there now they've achieved premier league anonymity i see wolves on the schedule and i'm like am i bothered am i bothered though mm, that's upsetting isn't it after what wolves him used doing to be. that accent yes is always upsetting <laughs> yeah, <it's very> upsetting. <laughs> am i bothered yeah don't keep doing it no please <laughs> Ball, it'll be a good match. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay, well, there we go then. So we'll leave it there and um, we hope you have a very good week. Uh, remember the early deadline for FBL. Live, love, love, hashtag. Um, and uh, we'll see you soon. Say goodbye, Oscar. Ball. I knew he was going to fucking do it again. Say goodbye, <laughs> Ian. Bye bye. And take care from me. Love, love. Bye. Oh, that was happening in real time in the background? I like that.
Yeah. And notice how when I did my part, I stuck pretty much exactly where Ian normally puts me. Miles <laughs> Offside is a Nate Whittam girlfriend have a production. <laughs> but I'm literally across the ocean. So there's a little bit of a delay. 